Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of Ghost Maps is sponsored by Podcorn. Podcorn has made it easy for the Ghost Maps team to connect with brands that complement the stories we want to tell. If you're a podcaster looking for sponsorship that fits your show or a brand that's looking to create an authentic message that truly resonates and engages with listeners, visit podcorn.com now. Ghost Maps Entry 26 Changi, Singapore Mark, an assistant director for close to 15 years, laughs when I ask him if his job is as glamorous as people seem to think it is. Ugh, maybe in Hollywood, he snorts derisively. But come on lah, this is Singapore. I think that coffee shop uncle over there has a more glam job than me. The coffee shop in question, at which we're sitting, is in Tuapayo, just across the street from Mark's flat. He's on his fourth cigarette since we got here, and he hasn't even ordered his drink yet. I call the aforementioned uncle over and order a kopi. Mark orders a bottle of beer for himself. It's only four in the afternoon. One Carlsberg, he tells the clearly impatient elderly man in a white singlet, brown shorts, and flimsy flip-flops. Uh, no wait, uncle. Sorry. A tiger. After all, we're telling Singaporean ghost stories today. I chuckle and nod as I join Mark for a smoke. His fifth and my first in quite some time. It's not so much that I'm craving the cigarette. However, I suspect that having one with him will make him more comfortable about sharing his experiences. All that bravado anyone can see is just his way of dealing with nerves. He goes on and on at first, speaking in broad strokes about some of his encounters from all around Singapore, of which there were many. One or two sounded somewhat genuine. Most seem a little exaggerated. But then he brushes over something about filming in Changi a little too casually. So I ask him about that, and I can see his bravado fall away, just for a second. Ntewana, he asks, wincing a little. I nod, encouragingly. He lets out just the slightest sigh, then fills half his mug with ice and the rest with tiger beer. Taking a swig of liquid courage, he puts up his front once more. Okay lah, he says, raising his voice a little for dramatic effect. Let me tell you about that one. As he lights his sixth cigarette, I switch on my recorder and ask him to start from the beginning. 
It was June 2015. Mark was working on a shoot for a TV pilot. It was supposed to be for some cheesy horror series, he tells me. Like, what was that show called? Uh, Incredible Tales? Yeah, that's it. Like, Incredible Tales, but uh, just way worse. The 20-person crew was scheduled to meet at the Changi Village Hawker Centre at around 6 that evening. But Mark and a couple of the others arrived earlier and decided to have a quick bite and a drink at a pub called Charlie's Corner. Among this group was the shoot's bus driver, a genial man in his 60s named Hong. Hong, it seemed, had been ferrying production crews around the area for years. He knew Changi better than most, he claimed, and told them that he'd make sure everyone was alright that evening. Even though Mark had never done a shoot in Changi before, like a lot of Singaporeans, he was well aware of this area's reputation for the supernatural. So, despite the old man's reassuring tone, he was still more than just a little anxious. Mark kept those concerns to himself though, partly because his ego wouldn't allow him to look scared in front of the younger crew members, but also because he was worried that voicing those anxieties might just make them real. Once everyone had showed up, the crew slowly made their way to a secluded area, closer to the more infamous parts of Changi. We didn't want to film in places like the old hospital. It just wasn't worth the risk, he tells me. But we still needed somewhere with the right atmosphere, you know? They reached their destination at around 7pm a long-abandoned two-storey bungalow in a poorly lit, slightly more forested area away from the lively hustle and bustle of your typical Changi village evening. As the crew alighted and unloaded their equipment, a pair of young production assistants strolled over to a nearby bin just a couple of metres from the bungalow itself and lit their cigarettes. Hong Genial as always, waved the PAs back towards the bus. No smoke there, he said. The PAs mockingly waved back to him and continued smoking anyway. Until one of the actors, a guy around their age named Suresh, stepped in and yelled at them. Mark was busy unloading some equipment, but caught snippets of what the actor had said. Don't play around this area. You don't know what's watching. Mark smiled to himself, happy that someone had put them in their place. The PAs, however, were clearly not happy, but stepped away from the bin nonetheless. The unloading and prep continued, but as was usually the case with most shoots, delays, mishaps and bad luck meant that even as it closed in on 10pm, things were still progressing slowly. To make better use of their time, the director asked Mark and one of the cameramen, a guy in his 20s named Leslie, 
to get some establishing shots from around the bungalow, while he briefed Suresh and a couple of the other actors on the script. The task proved unnervingly easy for Mark and Leslie. The bungalow's exterior looked like it had been neglected for at least a decade. Grass grew wildly all around. Its walls were green with moss, and the area just generally gave off a foreboding vibe. While they were around the back, Mark noticed a small black cat had started following them. Not a fan of animals, he tried to shoo it away. But the cat wouldn't be deterred. Eventually, Leslie and Mark made their way into the bungalow itself, which somehow seemed even more dilapidated than the exterior. Pieces broken off of old furniture and empty food and drink packets were strewn around. Roaches seemed to scurry away whenever Mark shined a light. Finally, the pair made their way up to the second story, the cat still following on their heels. That uneasy feeling that weighed on Mark and Leslie grew heavier as they scaled the creaky steps. Over the next ten minutes or so, they had managed to capture a couple of adequately eerie shots in one of the rooms. They were about to head back down when on their last shot, Mark and Leslie both saw something dart past in front of them through the camera's screen. Mark's first instinct was that it was the cat, but the animal was still by his feet and it was terrified. Its hackles raised it hissed at the corner of the room that seemed empty. While trying to make out what the cat was threatened by, Mark was stunned by the sound of Leslie shrieking and jumping in fright. Did you see that? The cameraman yelled. Mark spun around, trying to catch a glimpse of whatever it was, but it was only when he stood still. However, could he see it? Not clearly, but clear enough. From the corners of their eyes, both men saw what Mark could only describe as a shadow of a woman, moving quickly out of view. Accompanying the shadow was an incoherent whispering, almost like a chant. But most overpowering of all was a sickeningly sweet smell, a sweetness so strong, so all-encompassing, that it made both men feel ill. Mark and Leslie stood in the middle of the room, seemingly trapped by that scent. And the sound of Hong's voice suddenly broke the spell they were under. Quick! He yelled. You know, stay here. Both men shook their stupor off and rushed back down the stairs with Hong. Mark tells me that Hong, the genial old man, was furious with the director. He didn't say any prayers or burn any offerings, Mark says. Can you believe it? Any director worth their salt knows that this kind of thing is standard for shoots and a must when you're doing horror. He says that 
after him and Leslie had told the director what had happened. The director asked if Hong could lead them in a prayer. The old man, of course, agreed, and the entire crew stood outside the bungalow, looking on solemnly as Hong asked for any spirits that were around to leave them be and let them finish their job and go home safely. I asked Mark if that helped or if it was too little too late by that point. Lighting another cigarette, he gives me a weak smile and looks like he's about to say something. But before he can answer, my second interviewee for the night joins us. Hi there, he says, greeting me after patting Mark warmly on the back. My name's Suresh. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media at We Are Hantu. You can also buy official merchandise on Redbubble and be one of our supporters on Patreon. Like Stanley, Ghost Maps is recorded on Audio-Technica mics. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.